Gather round, circle up, fill the cup, spill the tea. Just believe, just believe the diamond dogs are here. And that means that you're not alone. We get one shot at this life. And heaven knows, heaven knows that we try, that we try. The diamond dogs are here. Give up, just believe. Are you leading people or dream of one day leading people? What are you doing to grow your leadership skills right now? Crisis Proof Leadership, where opportunity meets preparation, guides leaders through the seven principles of prepared leadership and helps them focus on the actions that will get them results, even during times of crisis. The book is easy to read and filled with activities and tools that will help you put what you learn into action. Grab a copy today, wherever you buy books. And I can personally endorse this because I've read it and it's one of the most practical books on leadership that I've ever read. Go get one today. Hey everyone, welcome to a very special extra bonus episode of the Diamond Dogs podcast. Beth and I had so much fun talking to Billy Jones about all things Hollywood, and he really schooled us on all those things that you see in the credit. What's a grip? What's a gaffer? How does that work? And just the different things that go on behind the scenes to make a production a production. And so we are excited to share that bonus episode here with you all today. Enjoy. At the end of the credits, and you said this, electricians make make lights, gaffers make shadows, which I think is Grips very make interesting. Shadow. Yeah. What does? A gaffer, a gaffer is the head of the electrical department. Okay. In addition to being the gaffer, being the coach of a soccer team. Yes, I know. I found that interesting because I said gaffer to Beth today on the phone, and I was like, that's what they call Ted. <laughs> so yeah. So when we see all of these things roll at the end of a, uh, you know, in the credits, right? Like grips and best boys and gaffers and like can you just like run down the the like on a on a on an average size set right like who are who are the people and what are they doing because i think that that's kind of fascinating too because i just find that yeah, he's got it that's awesome he's got a sheet i'm excited I, I, about that i find and i have a we both have a couple of friends who talk about like not speaking um not speaking in acronyms, right? Because every industry has its own. I'm sure I can't even imagine what Hollywood must look like when it comes to acronyms. <clears throat> but you know that people ha and and we all have our own jargon and that sort of thing. So I'm just I'm curious, like the some of the stuff that you say every day and the people that you deal with and their titles, who the average Joe watcher who doesn't watch the credits run would have no idea what you're talking about. Sure. So um, I have in front of me a call sheet from, so I can't show it to you, um, from something I just did. And Damn it. It, it lists. We were every, so close. He almost I, did. I, it was right in the corner yeah. of the screen. <laughs> um, but we, we have a call sheet for every day, which is basically a, a crew list. It's a, a list of employees, but it also lists all the cast and it lists all the vendors that provide all the equipment. And it is in, so that you have in one place, everyone's email, phone number, and how to wow. get a hold of them. And so everyone has the ability to reach out to anybody else on set on the crew to ask them a question, to tell them they did a good job, to 
tell them they didn't do a good job and complain if they want or try and sell them some banana bread or whatever it is that they want to do. Um, <laughs> Which we'll come back to. We'll come back to. So um, it starts, every everything starts with a director. The director is the creative vision of any film project. And um, in TV like this, uh, Ted Lasso, we're talking about the writers and the showrunners are involved in every single episode but a director will come and do every second, third or fourth episode because there's too much going on for the director in most shows to be able to do every episode. And that's oh. also why there's a slightly different vibe, a different creative take, a different camera oh, feel okay. to episodes. So if you start to look at like, what episode did I really love? Who directed that one? Oh, and then you'll see, point. oh, yeah. they also directed the third episode mm-hmm. or something else. And and every director puts their own spin on the great content that comes from the writers and the showrunner. The showrunner is basically a producer for the network or studio, make sure that all the right people are hired, that the tone of the show is staying the same way, that the money is being spent wisely, that there's enough money, that the actors and the creators are happy with the direction of the show. Hmm. So that's a very important role in TV. Um, then you have the assistant directors, which is what I do. And um, I say roll cut. I decide what time people are supposed to be there. I make the schedule of what order we're going to do something. When you're telling a story, especially Ted Lasso, you're they have a usually a time continuity line. It's right. never filmed that way. You never yeah. film things because mm. it's really inefficient. If in an episode you're going to be in Rebecca's office at the beginning and the end, you're probably going to film both of those on the same day because you want to light it once but you have to change her wardrobe and maybe her hair and who comes in and what's on the desk. And, and so people are in charge mm-hmm. of keeping track of all that and, and finding a way to be as efficient as possible without getting in the way of common sense. So, so what's the title for the person that makes sure that the things on the desk are the th- things that should be there? Like who does So that person is the script supervisor and their job is, is really complicated because they don't, they don't have to lift anything. They don't have to carry anything except for a laptop but they have to hold it all in their brain. And on a show like this, Oof. they have to hold the entire season in their brain. Because a lot of times you'll shoot a piece from four episodes from now, right after you shot something for the episode you're working on. So, you know, we're wow. only here for one. There were only 20 seconds of screen time in the office. Let's just get it right now. Okay, wait, someone has to stop, pause their brain, line wow. everything up in the in the minor, minority report board where things slide around you keep your brain together and then and then keep it going they also take a lot of pictures and they refer to a lot of notes and there are notebooks and notebooks and notebooks full of this is what it should look like um, then the, the production designer is a hugely important part because they are, they set what everything looks like they design the sets they work with the director and the creators to make sure that the colors of everything meet a color palette that everyone's house fits their personality that, mm. you know, the school that you went, that they went to when Roy saw his look at that looks like a school that someone's imagined. And mm. the production designers in charge of the art department where you have construction people lead man, which is someone who's in charge male or female, they're called lead man in charge of getting everybody in the right place at the right time. There's also construction foreman on the art department. Sounds just like it is someone who's building something all day. So you can get a job in construction in the film industry and make stuff that gets used for an hour and then never seen again, put back in storage, hopefully for the next season of the show. Um, The camera department is a director of photography. And then there's a operator or a couple of camera operators. It sounds exactly what it is. The director of photography decides how to light what 
the lighting should look like and tells the operators where to place the cameras. Sometimes the director of photography holds the camera, sometimes they don't. It depends mm. on how, how many things are going on. On a live show, um, like the Oscars, the director of photography sitting behind a big, excuse me, director of photography sitting behind a big board with monitors and calling to people on headsets. On a one camera show like Ted Lasso, more likely that they're sitting in the room with the talent, getting the emotional response out, working with the director, keeping those relationships going. Um, the electric department, again, under the director of photography, Gaffer is the head of the electric department. The best boy is the person who hires all the crew in the electric department and orders all the equipment after the gaffer makes the decisions. Mm. And then all the other lighting technicians or electricians, you know, cable people, they move the cables around, they move the lights around, they move the stands around. Once the light's plugged in and turned on, then the grips come in. The grip department oh, makes the shadows, they that. shape the light, they, they keep the light from just being one big broad source that lights the entire room to just a little piece of light that lights up just that desk or just that face or that face in the right way or there's a harsh sun coming from the window but there's a nice shadow over there so the grip department creates all of that and builds any platforms that the camera needs to go on so uh same thing best boy grip hires the thing it's called best boy whether it's male or female it's just an old school terminology in the unions um and then you get to costumers costumers is a wardrobe stylist and then they have assistant costumers and seamstresses, and they Good have to Lord. have everyone around to adjust so they fit because humans fluctuate in their weight. I don't know if you guys are aware, <laughs> but a lot of us put on a couple pounds in the last couple of years. COVID helped that for sure. Yes, so, so people have to fit in the clothes they want that they might have decided what the clothes were two months ago. And by the time they get to that scene and they pull up the semi truck full of wardrobe, all right, here's your suit. Hmm, you're a little skinny, you're a little tight. We need to have an alteration right now. So there's a team on a show like Ted Lasso. There's a team of seamstresses around ready to make last minute alterations. They're all in these tr training kits and game day uniforms. Those are great, but those do need to be altered because, you know, the players get bigger, they get faster, they change. So everyone has a whole wow. room assigned to them what's going on. Then you've got a, a VTR person, videotape recording is what it used to stand for, but it's now <laughs> a digital playback person. Is it so still called the VTR person? It's still called the VTR oh, that's person. That's awesome. And there's a there's a, a cable that comes from the camera that goes to their used to be tape deck, but it's now a computer and you would record what was being shot. So you don't see what's through the camera. You don't see what's on the digital media or the film if you're still shooting film but you get to play it back. So I think that was great, but maybe there was a weird cross in the background or maybe they had the cup in the wrong hand. So you can instantly play back on set sound and boom is the sound department. The sound person sits with headsets on and records everything, makes sure everyone's level is fine. The boom person holds the big boom pole with the microphone and swings it around, tries not to hit anybody or make any shadows with the lights. And then you've got teamsters and there's teamsters who move all the stuff around. They drive all I was going to ask they, you that. Yeah. They drive the motorhomes that have to be there before the crew's there because, I mean, all three of us are gorgeous human beings. Clearly. Oh. Uh oh, we lost Billy. He froze. Oh, no. Back out. Hold oh, on. you cut out. Come back. Okay. You said we're so start on the part. Uh, so where let you me said start again. So we're all, all three, three of us, yep. all three of us are beautiful people who don't need any hair and makeup in no. the morning. We get up and we're this good looking the rest mm -hmm. of the day. Air, all day, of, every day. For a lot of actors, they need 
especially when they're going to be on camera and under bright lights, they need some hair or wigs in certain situations or makeup or heavy party makeup. And that takes some time. So their trailers where that gets done has to be parked at five in the morning before the crew comes in at six or seven to start lighting to shoot at eight because their people are in hair and makeup and wardrobe for a couple hours. The teamsters get up in the middle of the night, drive the stuff where it needs to go. And then they take it from the end of the day, wherever it needs to go the next day. And it's a, it's a really long hour, hard job to do, but it's crucial because like any right. army, you, you can't do anything without your stuff. Yeah. Right. And even worse That's than that is you so many people, got, Billy, yeah. it's well, so many we, people. We, we're not even halfway there. That's we insane. have the, the catering team because you know, you have to feed all these people. Yeah. You have to feed them breakfast, lunch, and sometimes dinner if the days go long. On on a show like this, uh, there's very few days that go to the 12, 14, 16 hour world. But that's pretty common in LA and TV and movies and sometimes commercials where in the summer, for example, right now we're in the middle of summer here in LA, the days are long. Yeah. So we can shoot until the sun goes down because the sun is the best light you've got. Mm-hmm. And if we're still shooting at sunset at eight something, then everyone's got to put everything away for an hour or two and then drive home. So that's it. You've been up at work at six. You're there 14, 15 hours. It's a long wow. day. We have medics. We've got I even think about um, that. a craft service person. Craft service is in charge of feet as snacks. They're not catering, but they're snacks. So there's a, a table with snacks, candy, fruit, waters, sodas. And then if you need electrolytes, you go to the medic. And the medic gets you a Band-Aid or can prep you in case you need to get taken away in an ambulance. So there is there's somebody on a set whose job is just snacks. Yes. I feel yes. like I would be excellent at that You job. would be an excellent snack person. I would person. be great at craft service. Like, I think that maybe that's my role. If I was yeah. going to have one, that is where I would excel. And crew members are most excited about where's catering and where's craft service. <laughs> sure. Right. And then where's sure. the bathroom? And the, right. those are the three things you ask. And then maybe so. where's the medic if it's a hot day, right? Okay. So Usually give me a ballpark, Billy, on like on a typical commercial that you're shooting. So like yesterday shoot, let's say. How many people are there? We probably had 75 yesterday, Holy including God. cast. And um, and we didn't have a big cast. We didn't, and that's a that's a pretty average commercial without a lot of extras. It's not a party scene. It's not a stadium scene. We just had the, the, the two actors who were talking and then one actor talking, but we didn't have a big family dinner scene or anything. And, and we weren't, we always talk about the things you want to avoid in the film industry are kids, puppets, and animals. <laughs> because kids in that come order, with parents pretty much because kids come with parents and the parents are usually much, worse than the kids and they are limited amount of hours they can work because of child labor laws which are so thankful we have otherwise people would just keep them forever Um, animals come with trainers and the humane society comes and sometimes backup trainers and backup animals and they don't smell great not not just the animals the trainers don't smell great (laughs) and then you and then you talk about puppets and puppets are amazing and puppets are funny and they're great but they're usually made by humans and humans are fallible and they don't usually do a great job of keeping them together. And whatever you say, Jason, I'd like your puppet to walk from A to B and look to the left. When we get on set, it walks from B to A and looks to the right. It's like, oh, well, I thought that would look better for the puppets. Oh, oh my gosh. Like, well, and, and because you're dealing with artists, because they're, everyone's an artist and everyone's creating something amazing. The communication of no, the puppet needs to go from here to there and look this way. 
can be interpreted in many different ways. Mm. So we all, we are all creatives and we love being a day camp every summer. We love being every day and something different, but we all have to check our own expectations of what's going on as we do our job. And so Billy, I, I told uh, Beth and we won't, we won't name the, the famous person that we were talking about, but I remember when you were describing what you do, you, you were in another state um, at this, at, at a, place that was connected with this person and this person's entourage came in and let you know that this person was ready to leave. And your response, which I thought was awesome. I just think, I, th- I think maybe you should do a masterclass in some way about how to communicate this kind of thing. But it was like, Hey, this person's ready to bounce. And your response was, well, that, okay. But that person's also under contract for this many hours. So if he or she leaves at this particular time, this person is going to lose. And it was not a small amount of money. And you're like, so you need to just go talk to the person and let them know that. And if they're okay with that, then we're cool. Um, but they need to know that this is the amount of money. And I think you said it to, they didn't even go find the person. They just kind of powwowed for you know a couple of seconds for like, no, he's he or he or she, no, they're good. They're good. So a lot of a lot of the celebrity stuff we deal with isn't generally the person. I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to work with Michael Jordan, and this is not a story about Michael Jordan that Jason just told, but I was fortunate enough to work with Michael Jordan a bunch of times, and he's lovely. He's a lovely man. He was really great at being on camera, hitting his mark, saying what he needed to say. But just like everybody else, he has an agent and he has a PR person and he has mm-hmm. a and not to throw his people under the bus, but a, a lot of their job is to make their clients' life easier and, and try to get them out of as much as they can and to get as much money they can for as right. little effort as possible. And that's not a bad thing because that's their job and that's how they make their 10% cut. Sure. But it really is an honesty of, like Jason was saying, you can make that decision. You can make any decision you want. These are just the consequences that come with that. And those aren't my consequences. That's just reality. And we're all going to talk about what we want to happen, but reality is going to happen one way or the other. Yeah. We all just have to agree that we don't have that much influence over it. Well, what I love about that, Billy, and I think it's it's a great takeaway for, for anybody who's who's listening, who is in a leadership role, is what I hear you say in this situation and the one you described to me earlier is that you, I think you have a knack and I've, I mean, I, I watched this in college with in the fraternity when shit would, you know, deans are downstairs and that, you know, you know, it's just a, it's just an absolute circus. You they were have, just bringing cookies. They weren't, they weren't there for any bad reasons. You no, know, no, no. And we were serving lemonade, not That's beer. That's exactly right. Um, and, and we, the, it smells like, bleach because we needed that to get up all the sugar from the lemonade. That's the mm-hmm. only reason that that's the smell that you smell there, Dean, who is delivering cookies. But you have you have a knack, I think, and I, I'm just curious. I want to I want to I want you to look at this a little more. You have a knack for from the outside looking in, divorcing yourself, removing yourself from the the personal piece of that and focusing on the job that needs to be done. I've heard people say it's not personal, it's business. I don't think that's your that's not what I'm talking about with you. You've got this ability to just I, I, I don't and I've got to think that that's why 
you have been so freaking successful at what you've done for all these years. Do you have a name for this thing that you do? Do you name this talent and this skill that you have? Because believe me, my friend, not everybody has this. And, and it, I have watched it in action multiple times and it is a, it is an absolute skill and talent. Do you have a name for it? I, I don't, I don't think, thank you. You're very flattering. And I didn't pay him anything to say any of those things. Um, I, I don't, I don't have a specific name for it. It's just kind of a, a philosophy of we're doing this together and mm-hmm. we're all together doing it. And if you can't buy into the togetherness of it, maybe you're not in the right place. And, mm-hmm. and I, I don't, I'm not personally invested in your emotional issue of having to leave. I just want you to be here because I value you. I wouldn't have brought you into this situation mm-hmm. if I didn't think you were good at your job. I didn't oh, think you so were good. good at the task that I wanted you to do. And I know that you can do that task. So if you don't believe you can do that, let me try and convince you that you can for a minute by telling you that you're good, that I value you. But at the end of the day, I might not be able to convince you of that. And that's okay. And you can go off and do whatever it is you need to do for your own personal growth. And someone else will get the opportunity and they will shine and it will be wonderful. And I'm not going to hold it against you that you're not willing to try. I just believe that you can do it. And, and that's what we talk about all the time is we're trying to do a lot of the things that we do, we make up as we go along in my industry. Yeah. And I think that's pretty common as you go through everyone's job descriptions. Like, yeah, we've never done that before. Well, okay, well, how do we do it? And the people who say, let's figure it out. Those are the people I want to be around. And the people mm-hmm. who say, yeah, all right, this didn't work, but I like what that part of it was let's let's morph that into the next thing and just give me give me another try give me a second we'll get there and and a lot of what i do is i try to be a calming presence when there's a lot of chaos going on and and one of our favorite sayings is the sun goes down every day and so we're we're done like when this, no one's going to stop the sun from setting so uh, how much time do we have left i just point at the sun there's that much time left. Oh, okay. About, about that much. About that much. <laughs> about that much time left. And and we can do it, but we all just have to realize that there is a finish point for everything. And if we're all working together and we all trust each other, we're going to do it. We are in the industry that I'm in the industry that I am because I really love what I do. I love that I work with the best people in the world at it. But that's the same for anyone's industry. You're picking the people you're spending your time away from your family with. You're Mm. picking the people that you want to miss your kids, whatever it is to be with, because you believe in that project. So you might as well trust them. You might as well have them trust you and you might as well believe in them. And if you don't believe in them, if you don't believe in their abilities, they're probably not the right person for the job. And that's a hard thing to say, but it, it can be said in a nice way. Yeah. That's really good. And you know, as we wrap, know if, I don't know if that answered your question. No, it did answer my question. I appreciate that. Um, and as we wrap up, typically what we would do is ask people, you know, like where we can find you, like, do you have, you know, websites and that? Cause it's people who are doing similar types of things that we're doing. I would like to, if you are, if you're agreeable to this shine a light on, uh, can you tell us where, because you and your daughter, and I know you're gonna. I know your daughter was sort of the engine behind that, but you are also a, a great support and mouthpiece. Um, you do some really cool stuff for some folks in Haiti through the making of delicious food 
type thing. So can you tell us about that? And we will, if you all still, and I think you do still accept donations, we will put that link down in the show notes so people can do that. And then maybe also order one of these yummy things when the next time comes around. Can you tell us about that? That would be amazing. Um, when my, I have two daughters and when my oldest one was in seventh grade, we were fortunate enough to travel to Haiti with our, uh, school's outreach program and our school has been sponsoring, um, a small school in the middle of nowhere, Haiti, and Haiti's already in the middle of nowhere, but in the middle of the Valley of central plateau of Haiti. And we traveled and saw some kids there that were um, not living the same lives that my kids were living. And my daughter really wanted to make a difference. So we decided to sell some banana breads because that's what my family is known for. It's a chocolate chip banana bread and it travels real well and it ships real well. And um, it freezes really well too. But we, um, we sold some banana breads and raised enough money to buy a solar panel and a generator for the school. And we went back the next year and delivered that and stumbled across a group of kids and some teachers in a trash field in a town nearby that didn't have a school. And my, at the time, 14 year old daughter said, well, why don't they have a school? Mm. I said, I don't know, Charlotte, why, why, you know, why do you think they don't? There's no government that functions here. There's no real society of laws that are working. It's a gang run, underprivileged, underserved country. What do you want to do? She said, well, can we build them a school? So, mm. well, we possibly can do that by raising some money, but we can't come live here for a year and construct a school for them, which is what she was initially <laughs> asking me to do. But we decided in talking with the teachers at the school that they had a plan. They had local people who could build it if we could raise them some money. So that Christmas, a couple of years ago, we decided to try and raise $50,000 by selling banana bread to build a school for 300 kids. Um, we started November. That's a lot of banana bread. We started November 6th, and by Christmas, we had $57,000 raised, and um, the school amazing. got built. Um, we've raised a lot more funds for them since. Um, we've we've uh, built a three-story school that holds 300 kids from kindergarten Gosh. through high school, and they have a food program every day, and they get fed. Their parents can leave them there safely while they go look for work or try to do something. Um, we have kids that come to the school from an hour's walk away. And sometimes wow. sleep in the courtyard at night and the weekdays. So they don't have to walk home and back. Um, it's a it's a real hardship for us in the minorest possible way that we can't go there right now. Right. We haven't been able to travel because of COVID. We haven't been able to travel because of the civil unrest in Haiti. But we can still send them funds, which they invest locally in beans, rice, fish, chicken, and more construction materials to build the school. We're talking about building a second school. Um, I know that tomorrow is the culmination of the school year at the school. I just got a WhatsApp message from the head of school oh, today. I, cool. I, the world is really small considering how big and vast it is, but I'm in contact with them multiple times a week. I have pictures of their kids. I'm the godfather to some things. My daughters are godfather, godmothers to a couple oh, of kids down so there. Cool. We just, cool. we feel really blessed to be a part of this effort to make education a priority and a safe priority for kids in Haiti. So goodsamaritanhaiti.com is our website. Um, we continue to support them. We continue to try and raise money because education is the key to everything. And if we can keep these kids in school longer, we can keep them keeping hope up longer and then we can give mm. them a chance at a better future. We we don't think that we can solve the problems in Haiti on our own. We, we know we can't do all of it. But if we can educate 300 kids a year, 
and we can keep some of those kids in school for 10, 12 years, then we feel like we're making the world a little better place. And our banana breads are $20 a piece and they're delicious. <laughs> well, we will is. definitely go check that out. I'm excited about um, banana chocolate chip bread. So yeah, that's good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about that. That's something I care about deeply, as yeah. you can tell. Well, Billy, we just can't thank you enough for spending some time with us. I feel like we've got we've gotten like an education on the film world. Um, I think so much of what you shared about who you are as a leader really shared some practical tips for our listeners, and we just yes. can't thank you enough. Well, thank you so much for having me. I, I love listening to you. I can't wait to hear how stupid I sound on this show. <laughs> you sound delightful. We'll, we'll do our best to ratchet that up for this particular one for you. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us for this bonus episode of the Diamond Dogs podcast, Film Lingo with our guest, Billy Jones. Wasn't it cool to find out all of those things that you didn't know that made a production a production? We sure think so, and we hope you enjoyed it. We will be back in your ears when Ted Lasso hits the new season, which is looking more and more like it's going to be, unfortunately, in the fall. Stay tuned, and we'll see you soon.